0: Welcome to Behind the Tour, the podcast from American Christian Tours that goes behind the scenes of the most iconic sites, historic characters and true stories in American history to discover how God has been at work since the very beginning. This is Aaron Cronk, and I'm here with Corey Hockaday and Krista Wenzel. Uh, And our desire is to provide insight for today and hope for the future as we look back backwards a little bit uh, at history from a biblical worldview. Hey Corey, hey Krista.
1: Hi. Hey, how are you doing? So
0: glad you guys are here with me today. Well, let's jump right in with my favorite moment of the day It's called Behind the Tour Guide, answering a a randomly picked question from our email (laughs) uh, regarding life on the road as a tour guide. So today's question comes from Deb in California and she says our tour guide seemed to know so much information how do you go about memorizing so much or do you hide this information so we can't see it secretive or something (laughs) (laughs) so yeah good question Deb Uh, how do we know so much Corey Krista how would you how would you answer her question
1: i'm glad we got you fooled (laughs) Right. so i used to tell like when i first started okay here's my little tour guide this is really behind the tour guide trick people would always ask me how do you know so much and i'd say i'm just faster at reading the signs than an eighth grader is that was my trick my first year (laughs) um but i mean we both were homeschooled so there's that Mm -hmm. a lot of memorization and you just keep learning there is that redundancy and it sounds like we you know can just we know everything about everything, but there's a lot of redundancy to what we do. You know, we're at the Lincoln Memorial every week. Yeah,
2: yeah I would say probably the biggest help for me was getting note cards and mm-hmm. I just wrote out I mean, I don't know how many times I've written out the Lincoln Memorial, for instance, the facts there just over and over, and I still don't have them all memorized because it's just a lot of information. When you're jumping from site to site, city to city, it is hard to get the information all down. But it's, I mean, like Corey said, exactly that. It's the redundancy of going over and over. Um, I do remember the first time I was on tour and I was... at the Lincoln Memorial, my leg was shaking so bad. I think I kind of tripped. Like, I mean, because it's just, it's a lot of pressure to be sitting there going, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I'll put on a smile and I remember three facts and there you go. (laughs) So yeah, so it's just time, you know, I always tell people that, you know, I wouldn't be very good at doing their job because I'm barely good at doing this one. You know, it's just, it's when you're, when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, it, it should come off effortless, even if it isn't. <laughs>
0: yeah, Chris, I totally agree. Uh, I think that for myself, it's just been that kind of a, almost an insatiable desire to learn and to know mm-hmm. and to understand. So you get to a certain point where there's a lot of things that you do know, and you have, uh, you can draw on um, your own knowledge. Um, and it's that that search that continuing search for the truth right Mm -hmm. Uh, you don't want to settle for one um, but you you want to know what's what's really behind (laughs) that uh, whatever you're looking at or talking Mm -hmm. about
2: yep I do remember those first years years plural I did not get very much sleep and when we would get to a site like Mount Vernon I would go I would get everyone to where they needed to go and um, then they'd have some free time and I would you know, just book it to our meeting spot. And I would then study for the memorials coming up that evening. So it was constant, constant. So um, I think that's, if I'm not mistaken, where I got my my love of coffee went from love to necessity at that point, mm-hmm. <laughs> so lots of coffee, lots of words, and yeah. it was just fun. And, 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 and a lot and of and lo- being gracious too, because mm-hmm. there were yeah. mistakes.
0: <laughs> and a lot of coffee oftentimes precipitates a lot of words. sometimes quickly spoken
1: sometimes
2: another thing
1: I like you said Aaron like that constant curiosity and that pursuit of knowledge like it's never ending like yeah I've been doing a tour for eight years but I'm still going through and learning and listening and that's another thing I've probably gotten some of the best information from are the docents and the step-on guides and um, the people who've already done the hard work and research and I just have to remember what they say so that's been really fun
2: yeah. Well, and it's fun too because we constantly have new sites to go to. Like, there's now two mm-hmm. memorials that we will be going to this coming spring on tour that none of us have seen, but we will go there and we will be experts on them. <laughs> you know, even if we're seeing them for the first time with people, there's a lot of those times we're going to places for the first time. But um, I think then at that point it just becomes autopilot of having to navigate so in just the years of experience so well and those yeah, memorials really...
0: really connect the dots to you know from when we oh, learn about yeah. something mm-hmm. and then we're standing in a place talking about that uh, and understanding the devotion and everything that went into the construction uh, and the symbolism behind that uh, memorial or statue um, i think really really helps connect the dots when you're there agreed yeah yep. well thanks guys
2: we are excited to be kicking off a few new series this week. In our first four episodes, we wanted to lay the groundwork for America's beginning. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to those, make sure you go back and check them out. But now we're going to pivot. We're going to be exploring particular sites and answer questions we often get asked on tours. One such question that we often hear, each one of us, I hear this all the time, what's behind that door? Whether (laughs) we're going by a memorial or if we're just in a random building, it's always what's behind that door? You see someone peeking out. So not always do we have the time or the required access clearance to answer that question while on tour. We're gonna be answering that question for you with our brand new segment, Behind the Door. And I am so excited about this segment because I think it is such a fun way to look beyond what we're particularly seeing. And one door that I've actually never even seen because I've never been to this spot, is the Noah's Ark door. Corey and Aaron, you two are both of our in-house experts on going to the Noah's Ark experience um, right outside, isn't it right outside of Columbus, Ohio, right? No, Cincinnati.
0: It's uh, it's Northern Kentucky, yeah. (laughs) So it's actually in the the Ark is, between Lexington and Cincinnati, a little bit further south of the Creation Museum. Okay. Uh, so the Creation Museum is up a little bit closer to Cincinnati, probably about 20 Perfect. minutes apart. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, awesome. Yeah, cause I've been to the Creation Museum right when they were building the Noah's Ark. So I never, I thought they were a lot closer than that too. So there you go, even I'm learning mm-hmm. something. So tell us what is behind the Noah's Ark door? Corey, why don't you give us a few things on that?
1: Well, wow. it's kind of, I just love the whole ARC experience because it, it tells a story in a way. And a lot of museums we go to do it this way because because it it's like a guided experience. So you walk up, you know, the yes. plank, which first of all, I just find absolutely, I was really, really overwhelmed when I walked the plank up to the door of the ARC because it like the gravity of the moment really sunk in. You know, you grow up as a kid, like oh yeah, Noah's Ark, all the animals. It's so cute. Well, it's not. It's just, it's wrought with death and despair and judgment and, um, but hope as well and redemption. So that's the story of God as always. But it's like overwhelming when you think eight people walked that plank and never saw the world the same again and never saw the people they left behind again. Like the finality of it was sobering so anyways you go in and it's a whole like journey right Aaron where you just kind of wander from like the where the animals and their feed and all the supplies they would need to endure like a year on the ark and then but all the while it's telling this story as as the Bible does, that is pointing to the cross. And so you get to the door, um, which is like almost at the end of your experience. And so from the inside of the ark, you're looking at a door that is closed. But I don't know if it's like engraved, Erin, or if it's like a light trick or what the deal is, if it's just stained differently. But you can see the picture of the cross on the door because the ark itself, I know, is a metaphor foreshadowing of the cross and how um christ himself will preserve and provide a way of escape so just like the ark you know was a salvation for noah and his family jesus and the cross is salvation offers salvation for those who go through him because jesus is the door
0: yeah corey that is so cool i mean that's and i I almost have nothing to add (laughs) That that was wonderfully put uh The ark itself is the answers in Genesis ministry has done a phenomenal job. Uh, The the ark is actual size uh, Mm -hmm. to measure as the Bible has laid it out. And so 500 feet long and 51 feet, you know, it's five stories tall. And in uh, Genesis chapter six, God tells Noah uh, that he is to build one door. He's put one door Mm -hmm. in it. Okay. And basically that symbolizes, Corey, that, um, that there's only one way you know, I think of John 14, six, that I am the way, the truth and the life. Mm -hmm. No man shall come to the Father, but through me. And that is Mm -hmm. one of the concepts that I love, just like you, Corey, um, that it was, yeah, there's one door and it was the way uh, to uh, redemption and salvation.
2: Mm -hmm. Wow, cool. I'm now wanting to book a trip, like just get in my car and go down. Okay, so like I've never done this and I know that you guys are, you know, our in-house experts when other tour guides have. Do you stay just in that area or do you go on from there? Like, is that, I mean, is that just a destination or what's kind of been your experience with that?
0: I've done a number of trips there and there's uh, one group that goes every year uh, from South Dakota and they fly into Cincinnati. and That's that's our starting point uh, for Uh um, a longer trip that we head out East uh, and our ultimate destination is Washington, Mm D.C., So that is the first stop on a, on a trip that is typically about five or six days.
1: Erin and I had the same experience where a group like drove out and spent a day in the Cincinnati area so they could do both museums and then they continued their journey out east, but it's, it's convenient because they're, they're 45-ish minutes apart, the Ark and the museum. There is a shuttle that goes to and from, but you know, with us, we just have our own bus. So we just take our own bus, which is nice. Thank goodness
0: we start with uh, you know some wonderful points at the Creation Museum and the Ark because that that trip mm-hmm. uh, overnight <laughs> uh, out, out east can be a little brutal mm-hmm. if you don't like sleeping on a bus uh, or water yeah, coach me. in this case.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. So mm-hmm. is it like eight hours then and you drive through the night? We do, to yeah. BC. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's about mm-hmm. a nine-hour trip.
2: Mm-hmm. That would be a wonderful question if someone wanted to ask us what to do. Or what do we do on overnight bus rides to different locations? I don't want to bring it up. That's, how many? How many stories do all of us have?
0: I've, I've got a co- <laughs> time is not going to permit, but I have a, a couple no. pretty pretty good stories on on that uh, with the traveling out there.
2: Same. I love that. Say yeah. well you're going to just have to like
0: (laughs) another time save those
2: for another day I know if we had we just had a place for all of our stories like a podcast (laughs)
1: yeah well this is a fun new segment I kind of like where this is going so stay tuned for more stories from behind the door we're going to dip into our mailbag again from our listeners and reviews of trips and this one comes from sister lucy who writes our tour was so informative the students were always engaged and encouraged to be prayer leaders everyone on the trip was challenged to reflect and answer questions great show the best so far Thank you, Sister Lucy. We so appreciate your feedback and your kind words. If you too would like to send feedback or reviews from your trip or just anything concerning our podcast, feel free to email us at behindthetour at axe, that's A-C-T-S tourscom tours dot com.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back. In keeping with exploring the many different locations and places that we visit on tour, we have a new series called Carved in Stone and I'm super excited about this. Uh, We gave the teaser for this episode uh, last time and it said, which memorial interacts with the trees around it? So Krista, why don't you start?
2: All right, well, to answer the question, The memorial, which interacts with the trees around it, is the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial right on the Tidal Basin in Washington, D.C. So what I love about this memorial, it's right along the Tidal Basin. And if everyone is familiar with the Tidal Basin, that is known for the world-famous cherry blossoms that happen every spring. And the way that this particular memorial interacts with the trees around it is that Pretty much you're guaranteed at April 4th, you're going to have a blossoming of the cherry blossoms. Now, they they will move peak week for the cherry blossoms anywhere from end of March to early, or kind of end of um, April, but there will be cherry blossoms blooming. And the way that this interacts and why this is so significant is that on April 4th, 1968, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated on that day. And so to have the trees there blossoming and giving life, there's a couple of different um, ways I've heard that, why they have it this particular way and have so many of the cherry blossom trees within the Memorial is that it shows this new birth that even though he had died, his work goes on. And every year we are called to continue his mission, just like those blossoms and those beautiful flowering trees. So it's a really beautiful Memorial in general. Um, When you're walking through it, If you come from the right direction it can be a little bit dark and daunting as it's sloping downhill and you go in between this massive structure which looks like a mountain and out of that mountain there is a stone that is removed and this is very significant because martin luther king jr is engraved on this 30 foot stone so just absolutely huge and the reason why they have that is one of his very famous speeches, he says, out of a mountain of despair, a stone of hope. And he was that stone of hope for so many people, um, not only in America, but throughout the entire world through his works with the civil rights movement movements in the 1950s to the 1960s. So he is memorialized there in Washington, D.C., but as we were speaking about earlier, there are so many different places that Martin Luther King Jr. has memorials. This is not just for Washington DC. And for the most part, besides his I Have a Dream speech, which was August 28, 1963, besides that, most of his legacy took place in the south and i know that american christian tours has tours that directly participate within that context and it's called the march now i don't know why um you two are this the chosen always you have you have such fun special tours but you both have done the march and i've never even been on the march so why don't you guys you know kind of unpack a little bit more about what the march is who martin luther king jr is and how um you know our people can go and see a little bit more than what um, they're, what they count on going there. So Corey, why don't you lead us off with, you know, he was assassinated April 4th, 1968. And so does Axe go to that particular site?
1: We do. We do. Um, So that's actually, I've only been on this tour one time, full disclosure, but it was, it was really impactful in that it was a story that I I needed to learn myself. Like we said earlier, like the the best way to be a good tour guide is to be a curious learner yourself. So I had to really dig down and dig deep and The more you dig, the more disturbing the story becomes of just the plight and the struggle. Really, you know, what motivated Martin Luther King in his life. So our march begins in Memphis,
2: Memphis, Tennessee.
1: Tennessee. There we go, right on the Mississippi River. And then it winds its way all the way over to Atlanta, Georgia, where Martin Luther King Jr. is buried. So it begins with his assassination and ends with his burial on our trip. And then in between, we uncover many of the places that he famously walked or marched or stood for truth and justice. One such place that we go on the tour, and this is really it was just shock it was amazing to me, it was that was Birmingham, which at the time he was working and serving and marching and sitting and it was known as Bombingham because there were so many bombs being set off in African American homes and churches. So that's not really the nickname most cities go for. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, he showed up and he wound up in jail for peacefully protesting. And from jail, he wrote a famous letter called Letter from a Birmingham Jail, which I highly recommend to all of you listening to read. And he, I was just listening to it today again, just to refresh my memory a little bit. But it was specifically addressing clergy pastors who were saying, hey, why don't you just go home and wait? It, it'll it'll happen you'll have your rights things will just naturally you know he said you know what we've been waiting a long time and in fact in his i have a dream speech he talks about how we've already have laws in place like we're just here to cash the check that congress wrote to us decades ago so that that was really moving but something that i always like to bring up when we're at the martin luther king jr memorial sorry i'm going to have to read this cuz it's one of my favorite things and the Birmingham campaign, he was so adamant that their their protests remained peaceful that he wanted to make sure that everyone was on the same page. So if you were going to be part of his movement in Birmingham, if, if he, he knew if the movement was going to be effective, it needed to remain peaceful. So this was the commitment card you had to sign if you were part of this movement. Okay. So I'm just going to read maybe all of them. We'll see. So number one, meditate daily on the teachings and life of Jesus. Number two, remember always that the nonviolent movement seeks justice and reconciliation, not victory. Hmm. Number three is walk and talk in the manner of love, for God is love. And that's just three of ten. This list continues, um, but the majority, nine out of ten of them, have to do with the inward person in your heart. Um, and I just love his his emphasis on on the person and. Um, reflecting of christ and again that's why his letter to birmingham jail was so powerful because he was saying you know what our greatest enemy to injustice and you know the lack of truth and disharmony is apathy on on the christian's part i just think that's powerful but aaron you've been on this trip way more than i have what what do you what sticks and more
2: recently right like you you just came back from it i mean we have tours going and this one you just got back from recently
0: Yeah, you know what? We had a school uh, go on tour this past fall, and uh, it was phenomenal. And I'd have to say, boy, you know, there's there's so much to talk about uh, when it comes to Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the whole civil rights movement you know, I like to try and put it in scope and sequence. And uh, boy, it's just, it's, it's a long conversation. But Corey, mm-hmm. I totally agree with, you know, his character. And his, his father was the pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta for 44 yeah. years. Mm-hmm. So here's a man who grew up Uh, in a very segregated United States, uh, and yet his father was a pastor for 44 years, and that helped really develop a lot of his character. So, you know, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was also a pastor for six years uh, at the Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery, and we, you know, on our tour, we got to see that church, you know, among many other uh, locations that uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. either spoke at or was a part of, like Selma, you know, we, uh, his his organization or his participation in walking across that bridge and in marching uh, over to Montgomery. But he, my point is, is that him being a pastor, you know, from 1954 to 1960 for six years at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church was really formative for him uh, because it was during that time that we all know that name Rosa Parks uh, in 1955 uh, stood against December 1st, 1955 stood against that 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 mentality of of segregation and that mentality of uh, you know the separation of blacks and whites, so Martin Luther King Jr. in his character development, uh, just wonderful, you guys, Corey, and like you said before, he was just a man that had a lot of convictions. His convictions really went lent themselves to his what motivated him for the civil rights movement. Uh, yeah, what do you think, uh, Krista?
2: Well, you know, it, and it's great, too, when you're talking about this man and, you know, we all know him and are so familiar. But truly, when you look at a person, what did they accomplish? And, you know, founding fathers, what did they accomplish? Um, Martin Luther King Jr., he was so instrumental in the Civil Rights Act of 1964, those nine years between Rosa Parks and him you know really rising the ranks and becoming such a national voice was just huge it was instrumental he worked with john f kennedy before he was assassinated and then worked really closely with lyndon b johnson and then you know when they had the civil rights act of 1964 essentially the laws were 11 sections that prohibited discrimination in the workplace public accommodations public facilities and agencies that is so huge because you're looking no more school segregation, no more discrimination. All of this had been previously established yeah. with you know, constitutional amendments, the thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth, you know, outlawing slavery, protecting equal civil rights and forbidding racial discrimination in voting. None of that had really been lived out. And so he came on the scene and was like, We have to draw each other stronger together, peacefully, like you guys have talked about peacefully to get people on the same page. And while I'm on tour, when I'm at Martin Luther King Jr., often I'll say, you know, it's really in close proximity to the Jefferson Memorial and the Lincoln Memorial. So in 1776, Jefferson wrote the words all men are created equal. 1863, you have Abraham Lincoln, the Civil War, emancipation proclamation, all these things happened. So there was no more slavery, but then it took about a hundred years later, a hundred year sequence for the hearts of men to truly be changed. And you know, I always say, whatever side of the political aisle you're on, to have an African American president fifty years later in two thousand eight is just mm-hmm. huge to show where America's heart has come. So Corey, what about you? What do you what do you think on that?
1: Oh, I was just reminded of the time that you and I were at the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial and we were with a public school. So when we're with public schools, we have to be a little bit more creative in presenting truth. (laughs) And so I remember you standing there and just getting more and more frustrated because how do you explain the idea that... segregation is wrong that all men should be treated equally because all men are created equal without bringing up the idea that all men are created equal because it's what the Bible says it's because that's what we as Christians know to be true without a biblical worldview who's to say who how anyone should be treated and why this is unjust and why this is unloving what's the idea of fairness if there isn't an idea of absolute truth and so I just remember you just being like well but why but why should we treat people? <laughs> And thankfully there were a couple of Christian kids in the group who like got it and, and Doug, you helped you dig it yourself out of that hole because you can't, you can't advocate for equality and justice if there isn't a standard of truth. Mm -hmm. And there isn't the idea that all men are created equal in the, in the image of God and that we all bear equal value because we are all image bearers of, of God himself. So and Martin
0: Luther King Jr., he, he realized that, too. He realized, mm-hmm. and again, because of the character that had been developed in him and the fact that he knew God's word, uh, I think really, you guys, was, was huge. And we think about, again, for such a time as this, that God puts people mm-hmm. in different times and different places, ultimately for his glory. Uh, what he how he used martin luther king jr uh was was just amazing during that time and i also think you know krista you said in 1964 you know was a huge year obviously for the civil rights act uh but you know during during that year martin luther king jr also won the nobel peace prize Mm -hmm. and he also won Mm -hmm. something else it was the man of the year uh the time time magazine Mm -hmm. man of the year
2: oh that's right yes yeah
0: so this so the world is focused on him and what he's doing what god's doing through him and it was just uh, it's fascinating to read about and to look back uh, and see how the civil rights movement really culminated krista like you said in that moment of all right all the barriers uh, mm-hmm. are going to be removed you know except for that one barrier which is the human heart
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here is a fun new little game that we came up with, and we're calling it <laughs> Kronk's Corner. This I, I love like... that name. I just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> we came up with this because Aaron Kronk has the greatest nuggets of randomness or wisdom or just frivolosity anything that you could think of. So I'll go with frivolosity. One... <laughs> yeah, let's do that. But well, we're going to give Aaron two minutes on the clock. And he is going to talk, but when that timer goes, he has to be completely done talking about whatever he wants to talk about. So Aaron, the timer is set. Are you ready? I am. All right, here we go. Go.
0: Okay, hey guys, welcome to Cronk's Corner. Hey, I was on tour with a group, uh, a school group, uh, a couple months ago, and we were in Washington, D.C., at the Library of Congress, and I'm giving a talk there to these kids and adults that were listening, and we're all kind of gathered around, we're looking at the Library of Congress on the outside with a kind of a cool building, but it's kind of gray and drab on the outside. Well, I'm talking, uh, I'm relating that to what it's so amazing on the inside, and I'm relating that, the story uh, of King David, uh, when Samuel comes and says, hey, you know what, uh, the Lord's, actually, I'll read the verse, it says, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them, people judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart, well, here's my point, guys, we were talking, and uh, all of a sudden, this, this police officer, he kind of walks up and stands there, and he's listening to me, and he's looking at me I'm going oh no we're in trouble uh he's gonna tell us to leave you know there's nobody else around us but he comes up and he says hey would you mind? You know, I'm a I'm a Christian, and would you mind if I just talk to your group for a couple seconds about what you're talking about? Uh, about King David and King Saul and Samuel picking King David, kind of the you know, what he considered to be, you know, the, the lesser of the two. Can I can I talk a little bit? And I said, Well, absolutely, sure. So he gives kind of a, a three-minute discourse on uh what I was talking about, it was it was amazing to see this police officer in his heart just melt for the kids um, because of that kindred spirit that we all held together in front of a government institution, the Library of Congress and the kids loved it. They ate it up and uh, I thought that was just a fabulous experience and it was all God's providence.
1: Wow, Aaron, with three seconds to spare. That was an awesome story too. And another one of those amazing examples of you just doing your job and you just never know how God's gonna intervene and make something happen. And wow, that's awesome. I love that. The special moments. All right. Well, if you guys have enjoyed this episode, then I highly encourage you to like and subscribe if you haven't already. Tell your friends where you can find us, share us with the world um, and start planning your trip. I mean, whether it's Washington DC or the March or the Arc, or there are so many places in our country to visit. You should see them all at some point, but let American Christian Tours do all the hard, heavy lifting for you. So check us out at axe-tours.com. That's A-C-T-S-tours. Tours.com. and if you have questions for us you want to know more about behind the tour behind the door behind the Qu- whatever you want to know behind send us your email to behind the tours at axe-tours.com so can't wait to hear from you guys well Each episode of Behind the Tour, we want to leave you with a story. We want you to take courage and be inspired from the lives of the men and women who've gone before us, who are here for such a time as this. We want to highlight those individuals who are so dedicated to knowing what was right that just like Queen Esther, they said, if I perish, I perish. So Krista, why don't you just wrap up this episode with a story of Martin Luther King that you were just reading about?
2: Well, I was reading about him today just with, you know, we, you know, have this episode that we're doing and, you know, you just kind of want to brush up. And I read this interesting little antidote that i had never really read before where he was having just a horrible time personally after he had started the civil rights movement. He Realized what was at risk with his family. He knew that, um, you know, at this point he had had two bombs that had been placed at his oh, home. Man. Thankfully, one didn't go off. He found this un- this bomb that had never gone off, and so he was having this really kind of a dark night of the soul moment, and he was just praying to the Lord and going. Jesus, I can't go on. And he really felt like he met Jesus at that moment where he went from being, you know, he was a pastor, but being from a pastor believer to someone who was walking out his faith. And he really felt that Jesus had called to him in that moment and said, this is going to be a tough fight, but you have to go forward with truth. And so as he went forward in these coming years and months that he was fighting for the civil rights, it's amazing. When you look at, he did lose it all. He Mm -hmm. was assassinated at the age of 39. He had said once offhandedly that with the work he was doing, he would never make it to the time that he was 40. And he was right, he got assassinated. He died for doing what was right. And I think that that's kind of the difference of today, are we willing to risk everything to do what's right and he did he lost he had this very comfortable life he was a very well-known pastor and preacher and just if you've heard any of his speeches and i highly encourage our listeners make sure if you haven't go and listen to his speeches online they're so full of the gospel they're so full of the word and if he hadn't had jesus along with him to kind of say mm-hmm. hey just follow what i have even if you don't know what the end result is Having that resolve within a person is just amazing. So that's the call to action. We don't know what the price is going to be a lot of times. And for many people, the price for freedom and for truth and for speaking out God's gospel is not what we have planned. Maybe we we might not die, but maybe we'll lose friends for speaking out truth. Maybe we're going to lose our popularity. Maybe we lose out on you know good standing within our group of friends. That's okay, because if we are faithful, God will be faithful to us.
0: Well, thanks for joining us today, everyone. And as always, remember that your story is a part of his story and that God put you here. And now for such a time as this.